0: Welcome to Corporate Quitter. I am so thrilled and honored to have today's guest on. Her name is Alina. She is the CEO and founder of Natural Cycles, which if those of you who don't know, who haven't followed my story for a while, I was on the pill for years and came off and it actually took me two times to successfully come off of it. And Natural Cycles is the only reason why I was able to. I failed a bunch of times before, didn't understand my body, didn't understand the whole point of coming off of it and kind of the emotional struggles or even physical struggles that happen when you get off the pill, which we'll get into during the show. But it's been a game changer in understanding my body and helping me on the entrepreneurial journey. So I'm so just flattered that she, like her team, even responded to my inquiry because it's such an incredible product. And I refer to all my friends and everyone who's ever thought of coming off the pill. So, uh, Lena, thank you so much for coming on and thank you for being the spearhead in this movement of women actually taking power back and understanding their bodies and attributing it to their lives.
1: Well, thank you for having me on. And always so nice to talk to a user of
0: Natural Cycles. So I'm excited, too. Yeah, yeah. So can you give us a little bit of background? I I did some digging through the internet, but I want to hear it straight from the source. So I know you were working at CERN, which is incredible, as a scientist. And then, you know, I I believe that you and Raul, your, your partner, as well as your husband, right? So you guys are both kind of teaming up together. We're trying to start a family. And that's when kind of Natural Cycles, this whole idea Uh, you know, kind of came into place. So can you give us a bit of a backstory? How'd you go from being a scientist to now like, you know, a badass CEO, if you will? (laughs) Sure, definitely. So indeed, I'm originally a particle physicist.
1: So I was doing a PhD and then a postdoc at Stern where I was also part of the discovery of uh, the Higgs boson, which uh, which was an amazing experience and and led to Nobel Prize in 2013 for the theoreticians that had predicted the, the Higgs boson. Uh, so this th- that was always my passion, and and part of that is a lot of like data analysis and you know understanding data. So I guess that's my true passion in the end. And around the same time as the Higgs discovery, it was also it was a very busy summer. It was the The summer we got married, found the Higgs, and also the summer when I'd recently come off hormonal contraception. So I'd taken the pill as a teenager, but had horrible side effects. So I I quit that quite quickly. But then I went on the hormonal implant for for 10 years, which worked better for me than the pill. But it was time to take it out. And I was like, we want to have kids in a few years. And I don't want to put in a new one because I want to um, allow my body to, you know, Have a few years without hormones before you know getting ready to to get pregnant and i was researching what what can i do in the meantime similar to what i actually had done as a teenager when i i couldn't tolerate the pill but you know this time i was a scientist and well there was also internet when i was a teenager but you know everything was a little bit better and i realized that the body temperature changes with the menstrual cycle so like The body gets warmer after you ovulate because of the progesterone warming the body and I was thinking that I could use my skills from particle physics and analyze my own temperature to figure out when I'm ovulating when I'm fertile when I'm definitely not fertile and I can use this as a way to initially prevent pregnancy but also down the line plan pregnancy and quite quickly I discussed this with my husband and we talked to all our scientist friends and um, quite a few of our female scientist friends also started measuring their temperature and giving me the data. And I could start developing the very first version of the algorithm for natural cycles. And a year later, we both quit our scientist job and, and created natural cycles. And
0: this is now 10 years ago, which is crazy. Wow. Oh my God, 10 years. I That's like a feat in itself because so many businesses go under but it, it's incredible that I remember as a kid everyone being like oh just abstain from sex that's the only way to prevent pregnancy right I didn't understand anything about my body and here I am at 30 years old or I'm about to turn 30 and it's only now that I'm understanding there's such a small window of time it's like five to seven days that you can get pregnant I'm like this whole time I've been flooding my body with the hormones freaking out about all these things not that you should be reckless like obviously take into account what you're doing but It's not that complicated. Once you get into like a flow and you start measuring your stuff and taking into account like all the different things that go on, like it's it's actually very. It's a little. It's easy. I don't. You know. It's not that bad. Yeah, in the end, it's not it's not hocus
1: pocus. It's it's, and it's not rocket science. It's actually just your body and figuring out how to measure
0: what's going on inside, which is yeah. Quite amazing. It, it really is. And it's funny because since because I use the app, right, so it tracks everything from like how you're feeling, your emotions, like it, it really is very nitty gritty. I know from a day to day basis and week to week how I'm going to perform like just right, how I'm going to react to things. So I know when my high like performance weeks are and I know when my low weeks are and I plan accordingly and it's been a game changer versus like chugging more coffee on the days that I'm supposed to be relaxing and preparing for let's say menstrual cycle to come or something like that. You know, it's just been it's been not only with preventing pregnancy, but just again, optimizing when I'm most optimized and kind of relaxing when my body's like, hey, we need to chill. We're, we're preparing for this big moment, if you will. It's been it's been so helpful.
1: Yeah, this is really what most of our users give us as feedback is that, you know, they they usually start using natural cycles because they don't want to use hormonal birth control. But once they start, they're like, wow, I really understand what's going on inside. And I I get it that I feel a certain way in certain part of the month. and, And that can be really empowering. And at first I thought that was just me feeling that way as a scientist, but I'm so glad that this is literally the most common feedback we get from all our users.
0: Yeah. And it's been also really helpful in my relationships because they, we, we both know when I'm going to rip their head off type feeling. Like when those certain <laughs> days come and I'm just like very, I'm a grumpy little troll, like we're all prepared and it's it's much better, <laughs> you know. But um, so what was your experience like coming, you know, off the hormones and then just kind of not right, just getting into that process of weaning off of it? Because I know from a lot of people who were on the pill, there's bloating, there's inflammation, there's this like you know sometimes emotional upheaval that happens but is it different when you have the you know the, the one that's implanted or did you also have ex you know experience those symptoms too it is a little bit different and now we've we've done clinical studies on this
1: and and we have so much data so it's, it's very clear that it takes a while on average for like the cycle to get back to normal the body to get back to normal but it's so individual also so like it really yeah. depends person to person i think on average is also a little bit faster from the implant because it is less hormones than the pill. And uh, for me, I, the, my very, I remember my very first cycle was like five weeks long and I usually more have a, like a 26 day cycle. So it wasn't that different. Well, I've seen many women have like a hundred, 150 day first a cycle after coming off the pill. So it was just yeah, a little I... bit longer, but I quite quickly got back to normal.
0: Wow okay I'm I'm jealous mine it took me about almost two years to fully oh get and I'm still kind of recuperating but yeah it, it was you know when you're on it for a decade and you just have hormones pumping through you like you got to acclimate not only physically but emotionally psychologically like it really does change who you are and it, it's kind of scary that it's so heavily used when this is the reality for what 80% of women like most women are on something but so you took out the implant and then you were working on this. You know, during your experience and, you know, building this out, did you find that there were any, like, synergies between when you were working as a scientist and then building this? Obviously, your scientific background is helpful, but, right, building out a whole business and hiring people and developing an app is a heavy lift. So did you find any you know, transfer of skills? Did you have to hire out? Were there some things that you weren't expecting that you had to learn? Like, what were some of those experiences like in the beginning days?
1: In the very beginning, my first thought was, okay, I, I'm gonna code everything myself, the app, the, the website. And uh, we did quite a bit of programming at CERN, but more like on the, more similar to the algorithm. So like, the whole thing of like, trying to make something look good (laughs) it was not my strength uh so the first version of the app it was very functional but it was not very pretty one of the first things i learned is that okay we need to have a team with with people with very different skill sets than ourselves so like for instance hiring uh, designers and uh, marketeers was maybe the first uh, important milestones i think we also brought a lot of knowledge from science into this and for instance, we were used to working with a lot of people of different backgrounds and nationalities, and we have that at Natural Cycles today as well. I think we're we're almost 30 different nationalities in the team, which is cool, and also working over different locations and time zones. So we, we brought that, and also today we actually still have a data science team in Geneva with some of my old colleagues from CERN. So like my PhD students from CERN, she's now the head of product. So um, we have a lot of diversity, but we still also have some some physicists in there. So that's um, and they enjoy working with all the other teams. Yeah, it's
0: cool that you're able to bring over the people who you worked with before you know, if when you work with people and you know they're good at what they do, you kind of want to latch on to them. Like you want when people are good at what they do, they hang out with other people who are good at what they do. And then we do good things together. So it's cool that you were able to like with a student, right, someone who maybe didn't have something lined up, you were able to kind of bring them over. And they contributed to the bigger cause than just kind of finding another place in quote unquote, corporate or traditional setting, which is awesome. So Were there any hiccups when you were building this out in terms of whether it was like getting FDA approval or getting the app up and running like did you have any other than maybe like oh my god I'm not a design pro I should leave it to someone else but were there any like major hiccups or challenges that you had to get over before things were kind of smooth running in the beginning because right we're 10 years in so you can see you know oh it's beautiful now and all this stuff but I'm sure no one was seeing or glamorizing the kind of mess ups or mistakes behind the scenes
1: Yeah, one part that was definitely a big challenge was to figure out the regulatory part. Today, Natural Cycles is the first and only FDA-cleared digital birth control, and we have the same clearance um, also in Europe, Australia, and Singapore. But that was really not obvious from the start, because 10 years ago, apps were like, okay, what are apps? Today we're a medical device, but it was not clear that we were supposed to be a medical device. And there again, it helped to be a scientist that we we were doing the right clinical studies and we were publishing how effective is Natural Cycles as a birth control, and that helped us then figure out a little bit the regulatory part. But that was definitely challenging, and it took it took us many years to actually like oh, first wow. get the regulators to agree that we were a medical device for birth control, and then get through with the clearances because a lot of the regulatory part is not designed for a digital product right like it's designed for like a medical device you buy in a store Uh, so it's very different you know natural cycles you you download an app or you go to our website and
0: and and buy it online so was it a lot of just waiting for like legislation to catch up with the change of times or was it a lot of also like finding the right lawyers and the right legal team to kind of take this on and make sure that things are done in a no in in a proper way so you can get where you need to go
1: It was both. Actually, we didn't do so much waiting around because the legislation didn't change. It was more like proving that women did use this for birth control. So therefore, we need to comply with the regulations of a medical device for birth control. So another example of that is a condom, for instance. And Mm -hmm. first, the regulators wouldn't agree that we are that type of medical device but I think it's come a long way today so like now it's much more common to have a app as a medical device in different risk classes so uh, it has caught up but we were really the first ones and I think pushing and talking to the regulators and I think has helped with that because we know that there are many women that for instance use period trackers today for Mm -hmm. birth control but they have not performed any clinical studies and they're not cleared as a medical device for birth control. So it's a very high risk. And that was one of our arguments. Like, you know, women are using these apps for birth control to prevent pregnancy. Well, then we have to do the right thing. Like we have to actually make sure that we validate that it works for it. So so we're trying to take a, a different path.
0: Yeah, I tried other apps before I found natural cycles and found there were a lot of gaps. And so for that reason, I didn't feel comfortable kind of like not messing around, but again, like, if i'm taking my temperature every day and right they have lh test strips that you guys provide and all these different things and now your partnership with aura which right i think it's that's pro- it's pronounced the aura ring like that's mm-hmm. incredible that's even more data to kind of add to this app for the algorithm to pump out a very very you know clear and accurate prediction of what's when you're fertile when you're not again when you're going to be cranky when you're when you're good like it's it's very complex but in the best way it really it's a full picture which is awesome
1: yeah i mean what's the most important is the need to like really measure when each woman ovulates in each cycle and not assume mm. that okay it happens somewhere between periods yes it does but we've published a study on that showing that it's actually very very different and you cannot just assume that you ovulate on day 14. every woman and every cycle is different and that's why it's so important to to actually measure and indeed with the with the ordering, which we got the additional uh, fda clearance for to be able to launch it last summer. It's is really cool because then, you know, you just sleep with it, it measures temperature, it measures also heart rate, which is taken into account. And then you wake up and, and there you have you have all your fertility status in the insides of today. So it's quite seamless.
0: Yeah, and I think Aura also picks up on other features too. So you get like this holistic viewpoint of your entire health. Like I I refer Natural Cycles to my brother's fiance and so and she got the Aura ring too cuz she was a new user. Mm. So she's like, "Let's just get the whole bundle." And it's completely changed everything from how how much water she drinks to like making sure she's sleeping accurately, right? Cuz these are all things that contribute to a cycle that's maybe not accurate or routine, right? It it, it will fluctuate a lot based on your stress levels and all these other components. So Like I said I know a lot of happy people who are enjoying it and so it's been a it's been a game changer but I want to pivot a little bit and kind of get a behind the scenes look of what it's like to be an entrepreneur because obviously you're up to big things you're you've created this app you've been in business for 10 years very successfully so you know I, I one thing we mentioned we were talking briefly before this is the all consumingness of entrepreneurship and how right it's not only your personality, but it's like what you eat, breathe, sleep type of thing. You know, it sometimes it prevents you from doing things outside of, you know, your your day to day work, right? It becomes a twenty four seven thing. So what are some ways that you've been able to balance entrepreneurship with being with your husband, again, also in a partnership sense, you know, away from work and actually as your husband, you know, in, 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 you know, being a spouse, but then also with your kids and managing relationships with friends and family and things like that. Yeah, indeed, it can be a challenge because as you say, it is
1: all consuming. It was the same though, being a scientist. So I, I, I was used to it, right? Like to, that you don't have these specific hours of the day you work and then you're free you're never really free because you're always thinking about it or you're always something that you need to do because in some sense you're also working for yourself whether you're a scientist or an entrepreneur so like you know you're very much motivated to do your best all the time but that can sometimes also be quite intense and especially since I I work together with my husband we had to figure it out because sometimes we would only talk very late at night and be very tired when we do. So we realized that actually it's better if we align about work stuff during the day when we're not tired. And also COVID has really helped with that because now we work mostly remotely. So that means that we can have lunch together and like discuss all the things that happen in the morning. So then in the evening there are probably less work things to talk about and we can
0: actually, you know, focus on our kids and each other. Has it been a struggle to work with your husband like you know, because there's one thing if you're working both out in the world and you come home and you have your routine and things like that. But to, right, both of you, top of mind is this vision of wanting to create this app and have this success of providing women with all of this. Like, is there, I mean, I'm sure there's not an off switch, but is there challenges at times with trying to balance that personal relationship? Like, do you guys have to plan date nights? Like, what does that look like? Again, for our listeners who are like in in relationships and thinking about quitting their jobs to pursue entrepreneurship.
1: Yeah, I think you really need to want to be with your partner 24-7 for it to work out. Like if you get <laughs> sick of each other, you should probably not run a company together. Uh, luckily, that's the case for, for us. But indeed, like sometimes I say like, okay, look, it's very late and I'm very tired. I don't feel like talking about work right now. And then he respects that. But often it can also be a true passion that we share. Like actually we did have a date night yesterday evening and we hadn't had Aww. one in, in quite a long time. And we almost only talked about work but in a different sense it's not like oh will you send that email tomorrow or will you tell that person that thing it was more like in a very high level type of visionary talk that you you get after like a, a glass of wine or two and, and we both very much enjoy it because we both we are very passionate about natural cycles still so like I don't see it as something bad that we get to do that either.
0: Good. I'm glad that you guys made time away from the home, right? And doing something that's not necessarily yeah. just like sitting in bed. Like, let's do a quick catch-up type thing, right? How are you doing? How am I doing? So my parents also work together in business. And they said mm-hmm. the same thing. Like, they they get along well, so it works out. But there's some times where you, like, have to kind of – you got to cut it off. Or it's just – it's never – you're never going to have any split between personal and business. And that could be a challenge sometimes. Yeah, our kids also help with it because – you know, at the dinner table, they just want us to talk to them. There's just no chance to be able to talk much about work because they require all the attention. How has it been balancing entrepreneurship with having children? You know, what are some of those struggles as well as like, I'm sure they've given you like opportunities to kind of learn more about yourself and your husband and your relationship and also just growing, right, as a parent and an individual.
1: Well, it can be very challenging because... Both things take a lot of time, so you just have less time then to relax uh, because it's either the kids or the work. For me, though, it does help because it does force me to spend less time thinking about work. Like On the weekends, I try to just completely focus on the kids and like I don't check my phone all the time. I I do check it sometimes a day, but usually I put it away because otherwise they want it. They are also all consuming. Like they want all my attention all the time. I don't I don't manage to think much about work because they take my full brain power as well. And I, th- I think it's a good thing because like I do think if I wouldn't have them, I would probably work a lot more and I'm not sure that would be great for me. In the end I, I think it, it works out, but it, it can be challenging at times. Like for instance, today I I do have a very busy schedule and I'm supposed to bring them to the pediatrician at 2.30 for their yearly checkup. And I I look forward to doing that, but I'm not sure how I'll make it today, to be honest. And then my husband just texted me and said like, I know you're busy today, I can bring them to the pediatrician. So there it also helps to be together because we both have, our interests are aligned. Like we both wanna make natural cycles successful and we both care about our kids. So then like it's in his interest to help out also with the kids if I have a lot to do at work, for instance
0: yeah I mean uh, how old are your kids I don't I don't know their ages four and nine okay so they're they're you know they kind of have their personalities that are developing and and things like that they're not you know young ones so are you finding that you know what you're doing with your business and stuff and even just having the scientific background is rubbing off on your kids like obviously they're young so right they don't know their life's journey and what they're kind of set out to do but do you find that their curiosities are similar to what your curiosities are Oh definitely.
1: It's hard to know if this is all kids or, or just mine, but like they I was always so fascinated by like yeah, the universe and the black holes and the solar system because I wanted to be a physicist since I was like 5 years old. And and they're the same. So maybe just all kids love <laughs> the solar system and black holes or it's something we've rubbed off on them. And for sure they're very into like math and logic. And my daughter, she um, she's the one that's nine. She was just asking me the other day so what will happen when you're old? Will I be the CEO of natural
0: cycles? I'm like well. <laughs> you never know, maybe. <laughs> like, yes, let's keep the legacy in the family. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, you knew that you wanted to be a physicist at five, like that early on? It was always my passion, like yeah.
1: Since I remember also like just when we started school, as soon as we could choose a topic ourselves to I would choose like the sun or like a black hole or venus and i remember like fondly having conversations late at night with either my dad or my grandfather and them explaining to me like you know what you see in the sky like some are stars some are planets and uh you know how, how does gravity work and all these late night conversations I, I always loved them so i always thought like yeah i want to study math and physics because they were my favorite subjects Except one year in high school when I think I was a little bit troubled. I wanted I to study <laughs> psychology instead. I don't know.
0: Except that one year. It's interesting because in the US, we just have a traditional curriculum and you can pick electives, but it's more like they're very standard. It's like an art class or music. It's not specific to like major subjects that you would learn in college to kind of, I would say, kind of harness what a career would be early on. Were you taught in, I think you said you were, you're from Sweden, I think it is originally or no?
1: Yeah, I'm from Sweden. And there you kind of choose a direction already when you start high school. So in okay. high school, I studied like the science program. If you do study the science program, you can study almost anything still at university except maybe lawyer. But if you don't choose the science program, you cannot, it's hard to later like choose that direction. So you, you have to kind of have a feeling already at the age
0: of 15, I would say. Interesting. Yeah, and the U.S. is a lot different i want do you have any advice for someone who's maybe a bit younger and they're trying to figure out what their path is like you talk about you pivoting to psychology for a brief moment of time you know was that just out of general curiosity or was there a moment that kind of triggered that response for you to dive into something else or you know what's some insight you have on that
1: yeah i um, i mean i as i said i was very fortunate to always have that passion like my husband he's different like he always wanted to be a lot of things he had a lot of interest and a lot of curiosity which I um, also admire and almost jealous of because then you can become many different things. Well, I, you know, I had two passions in life. First it was physics and now it's women's health. And then I'm just very focused on this one thing. And I guess it's pros and cons. Like he, you know, he reads about different things and he has thoughts about like what else he would want to do one day. I have zero thoughts on on these things. Wow. Uh, So I guess there are pros and cons. And however, you are wired, one shouldn't be too stressed about it. Because I think today is also quite different. There are so many professions where you, you don't even need to go to the university to do something. I mean, clearly I did, and I did a PhD, but most people don't. And we hire a lot of people today that we barely look at their university degree. It's not what we hire them for. So today, I think you can be really creative and think about what, what are my passions? What do I like to do?
0: what would I be good at and and create your own profession from that. That's so interesting that you said that you are kind of jealous of your husband's like multi-passionate kind of personality because I'm more of the multi-passionate personality type person and for me i judge myself very harshly because i think oh you can't just pick one thing there must be something wrong with you like i'm so jealous that you at like such a young age you're like nope this is what i'm gonna do this is who i'm gonna be like and you for the most part stuck with it like it's interesting it's all about perspective i guess right yeah i I
1: think probably it's more common i don't know what's more common actually and i don't know what's better we're just different i guess
0: yeah i don't think there's a better it's just more of we're like you said we're hardwired a bit different and it's just more of our own journey of accepting ourselves versus being judgmental you know of others it's it's we all have our place in this world and we need the multi-passionate people just as we need the focused people in some sense but i'm wondering you know with all this being said of like again being focused on this and and kind of building this business for 10 years and going from being a scientist right in the traditional sense to then being an entrepreneur like One of the questions I like to ask people, especially people to your extent of like building something incredible, like, do you think that you're successful at this point or are you aspiring to do more things or, you know, just curious what your thoughts are on that? And I don't mean to put you on the spot. I just, (laughs) I've been in this, right now I've been talking to a lot of people and they're like, oh, you know, success is such a interesting topic because on the outside, you you think people are successful and then you talk to them and sometimes it's not what you think it is. Well, I would say that, Yes, I've been successful and I actually often
1: think about it. I'm very grateful that I I got to do these two things in my life that I did both very well and enjoyed and like didn't spend much time doing something that I felt like, why am I doing this? It has no purpose, but rather like, you know, I, I loved being a physicist and I, I love doing natural cycles and even though I feel like we still have so much to go in terms of where I want to be eventually, I would say... Yeah, uh, I do feel like I am successful. I must admit that in the end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, I love it because I, I have heard mixed like responses from people. and it's just it, it's always something that I'm curious about because again, like we think it's one thing, but then when you hear it straight from the source, sometimes it changes and it's, you know, sometimes really mm. exciting and are also sometimes relieving to feel that you're relating to someone but i'm wondering also with that being said of like oh successful but i also want to do more like what are some of the things that you're trying to do i mean again you don't have to spill the secrets of natural cycles and what's going on behind the scenes but like like what else would you want to do with it cuz i i mean for me again as a user i'm thinking it's a phenomenal app as is what what additional things would you add to it
1: what we see is like since we launched measuring with the oring instead of just measuring in the mouth in the morning is that know it's um, it's an amazing user experience and indeed there's more data so you can do more things with the data so now we're very excited about working with uh, other wearables as well seeing if they can work with natural cycles so we're like doing a lot of clinical trials in parallel looking at all wearables that have a, a temperature sensor and this is very exciting so we're hoping to to launch more ways of measuring soon but we also think that once we have more users that use the wearable, there are probably more use cases that we can do as well. Like for instance, menopause, that's a topic where, you know, it's still very taboo and women don't know what to expect and it can be challenging, but we can help because we can, you know, we can follow a woman throughout her whole reproductive life stage, right? We, today we have natural sex birth control, planned pregnancy and followed pregnancy but eventually our users will also start going through perimenopause and, and the body will change uh, that way. And I think
0: we can help a lot with that. So that's also another thing that we're very excited about. But I remember my mom, it hit her like a ton of bricks. She like wasn't expecting it. There was no kind of come up to it happening and then it happened and she was like, oh, I don't understand what's going on. The benefit, I mean, she will say the positive is she doesn't have to worry about a cycle, which is amazing. You just show up every day and you're like, great. Nope, nope, not fertile, awesome. But all the other symptoms of like the heat flashes and the like irritability and these other things that happen that I'm not even aware of because I'm young and haven't experienced it uh, was completely sidetracked. She had no idea that it was going to happen. And when it did.
1: Yeah. No, my mom has a similar story. And I I do think that, you know, soon soon millennials will start going into perimenopause. And I think we we will no longer be like suffering in silence. No, we will demand like (laughs) (laughs) more knowledge and information and understanding of what's going on and how to best deal with it.
0: I'm wondering, you know, as we kind of like wrap this up and get to the end of the podcast, Do you have any words of wisdom to share with people who are younger who are trying to maybe break into not only a scientific field but maybe pursue entrepreneurship based on right your background was in science but having this passion like do you have any you know thoughts on that on you know or motivation or something to that extent
1: i can say that for those that that do have a passion i would say don't be afraid to follow it like it is scary to to quit your normal job and maybe live without a salary for a while but i think if if you're truly passionate about something you'll you'll figure it out and it will be worth it and for those that haven't found that yet i would recommend to them try different things like be open to reading about new things testing new things maybe take some course like and, and meet new people and it will fall into place i think
0: The uh, explore to validate phase is very important. And I think it's a really intimidating phase as well, because you're like, oh, I don't want to spend more money into diving into something that might not be, you know, fun or might not be something I'm good at or any of those things. But it's part of the process and it's not an age restrictive thing or it's not and it's not an experience based thing. It's just kind of like where your journey is at and what you need to uncover. But I wonder, is there anything else you want to share before we wrap this up? anything pertaining to natural cycles and your experience or entrepreneurship, any parting words to the audience and what they can, you know, use for their own quitter journey, if you will.
1: Well, one thing that's always good to mention about natural cycles is that you have to be 18 years old to use it because we were not cleared for below 18. We never did any studies for below 18. So that's why we have that limit. Um, Most of our users are between 20 and 40, but like especially... 25 and 35 because many of them are also thinking about kind of like myself, like one day, maybe they want to have kids. Yeah. And also the effectiveness, it's good to know that, um, and we validate this with many studies that it's it's 93% effective with typical use and 98% effective with perfect use, meaning that you actually use protection on those days where the app tell you that you're fertile Uh, and that's similarly effective to the birth control pill but more effective than, say, just using condoms, um, but less effective than those methods, like the hormonal implant or the IUD that you put in your body, you can completely forget about.
0: I've never had an oopsie. So, and it's been two years, so I'm very happy about that. It's been very good. (laughs) But um, for those who are listening, you know, where can they find Natural Cycles? Where can they find you if they want to, you know, reach out to you, you know, anything like that?
1: Yeah, so Natural Cycles can read up about it on naturalcycles.com you can also of course find it in the app store and download it but many of our users and women they enjoy we have quite a lot of like educational content also on the website like we have a blog called cycle matters where we talk about all kinds of uh, different women's health topics um similarly on our on our natural cycles instagram we also we don't just talk about natural cycles or birth control but all things women's health and people find it engaging so that's fun uh, i'm less good at social media myself <laughs> yeah no i i love the instagram page yeah we have i think we have four hundred thousand followers now and people yeah. are very engaged um personally i don't have so many followers because i'm not so good at social media <laughs> it's not one of my skills
0: uh but you can still find me under elena so uh, if you, and you can dm me Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And thank you again for inventing such an incredible product. I can't think I I can't advocate for it enough. It's changed my life. It's helped me just from an entrepreneurial perspective and in my relationships with, you know, my boyfriends, right in my my partnerships and things like that. So I just I I can't even imagine how natural cycles is going to evolve now that we have the aura Ring and other things available. So thank you so much for doing this.
1: Well, thank you for having me and thank you all for listening.